Today on 2C Vans. They also get um, stressed by heat in the summertime, or do they deal with that okay? The heat stress can be an issue as well, of course not as much as cold stress, but for example during rescues when the animals are out of the water uh, at, yeah, in summer when it's very hot outside and in the truck and during transportation. Hello and welcome to 2C Fans at Moat Marine Laboratory. I'm Haley Rutger. And I am raging Joe Nicholson. Ooh, rage. Rage. I hope you'll be nice today. Joe Smash. <laughs> wow, I'm wondering how this episode's going to go, Joe. Okay, uh, it'll be fine. <laughs> actually, we're going to have a really fun episode today. We have a wonderful guest on our podcast today. Can you uh, say your name and title here? I'm Nicola Erzeg, and I'm an international postdoc researcher at the Moat Marine Lab Manatee Research Program. Very cool. Um, where do you come from as our international postdoc? I'm from Germany, Bonn, the former capital, but the last 10 years before my arrival at Florida, I spent at Rostock at the Baltic Sea close to the German-Polish border because I went there to study marine biology, in particular with pinnipeds. These are seals and sea lions. Yeah, that's that's nice. Ooh, that sounds exciting. Yeah. Are, are walruses also pinnipeds? Y- yes, yes. Yeah. but we didn't have them. <laughs> so you had the Baltic Sea. What kind of seals and sea lions did you see there? So we had harbor seals in our facility and um, a South African fur seal and two California sea lions. So they're not actually belong so they were, <laughs> <laughs> so were they they were in a facility or yes okay. but it was an enclosure in the baltic oh so okay cool. you could even hunt fish there <laughs> oh nice okay I, I had no idea there was something like that there you call but it you call it the pinna pen i'm just the, kidding oh, the <laughs> just kidding i'm just kidding that's kind of witty there no it's not that witty. so when did you come to moat I arrived here in April 2016, so actually so you've been yeah, here two for years a ago, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you've been working on with manatees, I understand. Yes. And who who here are you working by yourself, or are you working in conjunction with somebody here? Um, John Reynolds invited me to come here because my focus before was on thermoregulation and thermal biology in marine mammals, and in particular in seals and sea lions, and. He was, um, yeah, very excited about uh, applying my methods in manatees since cold stress is, um, yeah, such a big issue in manatees. It's a huge issue with manatees, yeah. Every winter we seem to have them, you know, going through some kind of cold stress. Yeah, why, why are manatees susceptible to cold stress? What is it about them? Manatees are actually um, warm, adapted marine mammals, and um, yeah, the floor, especially the Florida manatees, they are in the most northern habitat, so they experience cold temperatures, and um, yeah, their abilities to thermoregulate, so to, to keep warm in cold environmental temperatures, are not very good. So they really have to rely on behavioral thermoregulation, meaning they have to move to warm water spots when water temperatures decrease below about 70 degrees. Wow. Uh, why, why can't they, uh, like, don't they have blubber? Like, can't they, why don't, why do they have to move to the warmer waters? Yeah, unfortunately, they don't have blubber like whales and seals have. They have a fat layer, but this is not very thick. And, yeah, they're adapted to a tropical climate and, um, 
unfortunately, the winters in South Florida get colder and colder. And um, yeah, my do, teeth yeah. cannot adapt yeah. to this yeah, that fast. Yeah, I guess that's why, yeah, that's why they congregate at the warm water sources, like the, the power plants yes. and stuff like that. Okay. Power exactly. plants and springs and uh, other things. But um, this winter was pretty chilly. I, I remember hearing um, from you, Nicola, that it had been a little bit hard on our manatee population, right? Yes. So, so far, just in the first three months of this year, so we had already 64 reported cold stress-related deaths. And in comparison, in the same duration last year, it was just 17. Wow. Do they also get um, stressed by heat in the summertime, or do they deal with that okay? Uh, heat stress can be an issue as well. Of course, not as much as cold stress. But for example, during rescues, when the animals are out of the water uh, at yeah in summer when it's very hot outside and in the truck and during transportation, but also um, currently now the mating season has started and these mating herds of up to 30 manatees, they often end up beached or in very shallow water. And then of course heat stress can be an issue and they can even get sunburn. Oh really? Yeah, so um, a mating herd, we've learned from our program here is, you know, when um, a number of males are following or around a female that they want to breed with? Yes. Right. And it can be like, it can be a bunch, it could be maybe a dozen or something. Yeah, up to 25 Whew. males oh. harassing a female, <laughs> and this can last over weeks. Really? So this is very stressful Wow, they got the nothing on the Romans. <laughs> no. <laughs> wow, so okay. How have you applied your, your knowledge of uh, temperature regulation in, in mammals to do research? You told me about a study you just did about something called heat flux. Can you give us a, an idea of what that was about? So heat flux means actually the heat exchange of an individual with the environment. And this takes mainly place via the body surface. So if we're measuring heat flux, it can be either heat loss to the environment, if the environmental temperature is colder than the body surface, or heat uptake. So for example, in summer when it's really hot outside, we probably rather take up heat. And we measured heat flux in our both resident manatees at Moat. It's you Hugh and Buffett. Buffett. Yeah. <laughs> and um, we measured it in the water. Um, over a year during yeah, d different seasons. And it was very interesting what we found. <laughs> and I remember you saying that one of the manatees is bigger than the other, and there was a difference in the heat loss or gain uh, related to their size, right? Really? Yes, so the, of course we expected that there was a difference between the bigger buffet and the smaller you, just to say it like that. Yeah. Um, but we didn't expect it to be such a big difference. Who so lost more heat quickly? Uh, the smaller the or the bigger? The smaller one. The smaller one, yeah. really? So he, he's yeah, huh. not as thick as Buffett, and he's also very active. And uh, of course, due to its smaller size, he mm -hmm. has a yeah, unfortunate surface area to volume ratio. So this means he has more surface to dissipate heat. Yeah. Yes. Well, and how do, how do you guys, how were you measuring the heat? Yeah. So we had a custom-made heat flux transducer, um, and we, we measured at 41 sites on the body. 
So our manatees are fortunately very well trained to station for about half an hour or even longer. And with the assistance of a trainer in the water that helped the animal to stay at its position, we measured at these 41 spots with a heat flux transducer and calculated it actually into what. Oh, man. Cool. I mean, and you found that some parts of the body, there's more heat flux, like it's easier for the heat to come and go, I guess? Yes. So as in actually all mammals, so they're not um, dissipating the heat evenly over the body surface. So they have so-called thermal windows. These are areas which um, yeah, increased heat exchange. And in, as in most cases, it's also in, in the manatees that it's mainly at the less insulated flippers, the head and the tail. I was going to say the head, but thermal windows sound like something I want to put on my house. <laughs> <laughs> Do we, okay, this is a silly question, but as a human, is, is my head also one of my thermal windows? Do we? Yes. Yours is sure. for sure. <laughs> Did you have a very large noggin? I'm always, oh, thanks. No, I think I have a small head. Okay, small head. But I'm, I'm always cold. I'm, maybe I'm like you. <laughs> Can we use your device to measure Haley's thermal windows? <laughs> In I could show it to you. Yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. That's about as far as we're getting with that. Um, but uh, there was a little bit more to say from that paper, I guess. Um, so by you, f- you figured out where, you, where on the body you could measure, you know, the most heat flux, I guess. Is that, how is that valuable to other scientists or to rehabilitators? So the flippers and the fluca, these are really the major thermal windows. And, um, of course, it can help us to um, measure heat flux there over time, for example, during a transportation. So so just measuring once doesn't tell us a lot. These are relative values, but we can see, for example, if the animal heats up and the temperature increases there, especially at these spots. Yeah, the change is important. Yeah. And knowing if that manatee might be experiencing a stress from exactly. temperature. That's really cool. Um, did you have other research that you would be um, willing to, to share at this point from like the poster you recently presented? Yeah, so currently um, I'm working on a method to um, measure body temperature in a manatee because so far there is no non-invasive reliable method to measure body temperature in a manatee. Yeah. And I'm sticking, using a thermo- <laughs> well, sticking a thermometer in the mouth <laughs> is not, not helpful, right? No, this no, is or really a- any tricky. Other, <laughs> any other crevice is not good either. <laughs> Thanks, Joe. <laughs> yeah. No, those manatees are like cows, you know. They, well, they don't like the yeah. thermometer necessarily going in their mouth, right? Yeah. yeah. So no, what, nobody likes that. <laughs> no, me neither. <laughs> What's the method that you're looking at? (laughs) So I'm using thermal imaging um, to measure the temperature in the nostrils of the manatees. So actually, these are the only body part that surfaces frequently in a manatee because thermal imaging, unfortunately, doesn't work underwater. And um, yeah, we are um, measuring, um, for example, in manatees during a transport, so over about an hour so, but I'm also doing yeah, comparative m- measurements with you and Buffett. Mm-hmm. And um, so far, our first results are very promising from tra- transports. We got um, that 
somehow changes in body temperature are really reflected by the nostril temperature. So that would be perfect. Are there, are there, are there, you know, issues with using the infrared uh, sensors, the the infrared to to measure body heat? Because I know like there's issues with you know calibrating and making sure there's nothing else in the way as far as like even dust or or um, mist. Um, can affect the thermal readings. Yeah, that's true. So there are a lot of factors um, impacting um, infrared thermography and these measurements. So, for example, um, high humidity. Um, but also these values probably will mainly be relative values for comparison over time. Uh, but okay. um, it's the advantage you don't have to touch the animal and yeah. you can apply it from a distance. So we could even use it from a boat in manatees in the water. Yeah, that's wow. great. It, it does a function a little bit like the heat flux that's relative over time and seeing change, yes. but it's, it's applicable in the wild, Yeah, which is really cool. That is cool. Wow, we wish you the best of luck with that project. That sounds great. And Thank you. Useful. Why did you pick manatees? So uh, one reason, it was really only one reason, was that after um, seven years freezing on the Baltic <laughs> Sea with the cold adapted seals, yeah. I thought it was time to get move warm, to, to get a warm. warmer climate. Time to get warm. <laughs> but um, actually, so in 2004, I was in Florida on vacation for the first time in my life, and I had my first encounter with manatees, and I hmm. fell in love immediately, of course. Mm -hmm. How could you not? <laughs> Yeah. yeah. And um, yeah, actually, so the manatees were the trigger for me to um, quit my job in IT business, which I worked on at that time, and to study biology. <laughs> well, wow, we're lucky to get you then. <laughs> well, the manatees have done us a, a good service here, them bringing you here. Yeah, right. So uh, you get to, uh, I wanted to mention um, our manatees, Hugh and Buffett. How, how useful have they been in helping you with the lines of research that interests you? Oh, they are very useful because they are always my control animals. So they are in stable conditions, they are healthy, and they are trained to yeah, keep in the position or do whatever I need to do my measurements. So this is always the control to my measurements and wild manatees. Is it hard to explain what you're doing to the general public? Like if somebody says to you, oh, so you work with manatees, what is it you do? Is it hard to explain what you're doing? Um, no. It's actually, um, yeah, if you explain someone, so, hey, I want to try to measure body temperature in a manatee. Nobody has done this before. Mm -hmm. <laughs> actually, everybody can understand that. And most people, especially here in the area, have heard about cold stress in mm -hmm. manatees or have even seen a cold stress manatee. And, um, yeah, actually, everybody is very happy to hear that this is a topic of research. Yeah, that's great. I know that cold stress is going to be a continued and maybe even increasing um, challenge for us, right? As, you know, we, we may not always have all of the same warm water refuges that we have today or we've lost some over the years. Um, so at least that's what I heard. Yes, that's true, especially with the power plants. Um, this is a big issue since many of them are being either refurbished or shut down completely. 
and uh, but also the the natural warm water springs um, are harder to reach for the manatees because there's a lot of construction and um, yeah the humans get um, close to the water more and more and also the water level is is sinking more and more due to uh, the um, increasing cities. Mm. So not not an easy um, place for manatees to survive, but they got you on their side. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hope I can help them. <laughs> What's your favorite thing about a manatee? Mm. That they are living in a tropical climate. <laughs> <laughs> so no. she can get warm. Me too, me no. too. <laughs> that's, that's not also. They're really fascinating, and they're so different from any other mammal in so many aspects, and you always find new ones, and they surprise us over and over again with new extraordinary findings. Yeah, I think our, um, one of our manatee trainers, our senior aquarium biologist, Kat Burner, has been on our podcast before and said they are just plain weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was her exact They are weird. They have a lot of funny things that they do. Like, we talked with Kat about their, their adaptations to be really touch-sensitive and things like that, so the amazing ways that they survive. So the last thing I wanted to ask was whether um, there's any uh, myths or misconceptions about manatees that the public seems to have that, that you would like to have them, you know, learn what's actually going on. Is there any myth you'd like to bust? <laughs> they're not mermaids. Well, thanks, Joe. <laughs> I know they're not mermaids. Good job. You have to be on a boat a really long time to think they yeah, are a mermaid. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> So one thing um, is, yeah, that many people think they're um, thick and they're really fat and that they have a blubber like a whale, but they definitely don't. They have very thin fat layer, which is totally different from fat uh, from the blubber of um, whales or seals. Um, and um, the other thing is that many people think they're stupid just because they are behaving slowly um, on the contrary. So they are very smart, especially yeah, in you and Buffett. I could see how smart they are in behavioral experiments and how fast they adapt to changes and react. So they just take their time. Well, and they're, <laughs> they're really good at picking the Super Bowl winners. At least one of them is. <laughs> That's how that, one of them is. One I'm, of I'm them. not going to say Buffett, who it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Buffett's got a pretty good track record. But I, I agree, the way that um, they've been trained here, I've gotten to watch them be trained for different experiments over the years, and they, they're voluntarily doing this and, and getting treats uh, along the way. But they, they pick up these new behaviors, and they use them to help us learn something. It is really, really cool. Well, and they're teaching us all the time, I guess. Yeah. Yes. There are big, round, uh, underwater teachers. Yeah. Wow, yes, they are very big and round. <laughs> they are. But not fat. Not but <laughs> not fat. So wait, let's say, what is all of that mass made up of? <laughs> Bone and muscle, right? Yeah, they have special bones, so they, they are very compact, and so they, it's really that the bones are heavy. <laughs> yeah, because I've, I've picked up manatee bone before, and I was amazed at how dense and how heavy it is. And they have a big, they also have a big gut, right, that takes up a lot of space. Well, how many stomachs yeah. do they have? They have only one stomach, but they're uh -huh. hindgut fermenters, like oh. um, other um, ruminants. And so there's 
in a healthy uh, manatees, there's also a lot of food still in them. So they have a very slow digestive passage uh, for up to two weeks. Wow. Holy moly, that's a lot of food to be Because <laughs> for, up, for us, it's like probably a few days or something, right? Uh, I don't know. I have to look that up. Probably a day. A day, yeah. Yeah? <laughs> okay, well, manatees. Who knew? Who knew? All right. Well, this has been absolutely great. Um, is there anything else that you wanted to share before we wrap up today? Anything we missed? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, there's so much, but I guess then we would go on talking for several days. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you very much for joining us here today. Yeah, you can come back anytime. We lo love doing this with you. Thank you very much. All right. Well, this is 2C Fans here at... Here at Moat, signing off. Um, be sure to um, look us up on iTunes and give us a rating if you haven't already. We really appreciate it. Um, and thanks for tuning in. We'll see you in two weeks for another episode. Bye.